Peace, family. Today is Friday, September the 20th, 2019. Today we want to talk about the final book or the last book in the New Testament and the last book in the Bible. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is seldom taught in churches. I don't know why that pastors don't, you know, they don't uh, dive a little bit more into that particular book. It's a book that's pretty much related to things that things of the past and things of the present. And we're in the past and we're in the present. And these are things that we need to know. These are things that we should know. And these are things that should be taught in churches. You know, good things are always good. But there's also bad things, and sometimes you need to look into the bad things as well as the good. Every Because the world is not all good. The world is just not all good. So we need to look in both sides and not just deal with one side. We're too busy dealing with one side and not dealing with the other side. See, in churches, we talk a little bit about the uh, prosperity side. We talk about that probably the majority. Then we talk about the bad side. We're human beings. We should be able to cope with both sides, more so with the bad than the good, because usually there's more bad than good for most people. That's why when you're able to understand and to deal with it, you're able to understand and you'll be stronger if something happens. But when you're constantly dealing with good, you never see the bad. The book of Revelations has taught us that the things to come are not going to be on the positive end. We don't know if it's going to happen in what generation. It could happen in your generation. It can happen in the next generation. It can happen in 10, uh, 10 generations down the line. But there are things that we should know and we should deal with. I'm going to get off into just the first book. I'm not going to get off into anything else but the first book. The first book. We're just going to have a little listen to the first book, and then I'll come back. I wasn't going to give too much on any subjects as far as Friday, but it was something when it's, when it's on your heart, something you're thinking about, you just want to put it out there. And that's why uh, the book of Revelations is probably one of my favorite books, and that's why I chose this particular book.
to talk about. So we're just going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of a first, I mean, well, I'm going to give you actually the first chapter. I'm going to give it to you. It's uh, a King James version. And this particular book is going to be narrated by George W. Saris. Saris. S-A-R-R-I-S. So here we go. Check it out. This audiobook is distributed by Christian Audio. Please visit ChristianAudio.com to offer your impressions of this work and to explore additional titles. The Revelation of Jesus Christ to St. John, Chapter 1. The Revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, 
I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive for evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Well, family, that is some really deep, deep, deep words. That's why we need to pay attention to everything that he said. Let's go back to the thundering voice. Now, you know, when he was saying the thundering voice, was Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't want to get off into Jesus Christ. But let me just make this perfectly clear. This, I am not a pastor. And this is not a church podcast. It's a podcast that pretty much deals with a lot of different topics. We don't have to just deal with just one topic or two topics. It deals with different topics because it's to enlighten you is to help you understand that there's more to life than just one topic. That's why I, I chose to deal with so many topics and every now and then I might throw off uh, some verses from the Bible or a book from the Bible. It, 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 it depends. It's, I have no really uh, no set. I want you to be able to, be able to adjust to a lot of different things. And that's what you deal with in your life, a lot of different things. So you have to be able to adjust. So when you hear this topic today, you might hear a different topic tomorrow or the next day. But always remember, all these topics are stirred into one real big topic, and that's you. How does anything that I say affect you? Maybe it affects you. Maybe it don't. I don't know. But I just wanted to put that out there because revelation, it gives us some thought as to what could be coming or better yet, what is coming. Maybe sooner, maybe later. But God said he would come back. And that's the way it is. You know, this is a Friday. You can ingest all of this good stuff that I've spoke about this weekend or this past or this week. And, you know, just think. The best thing to always do is to read. Turn the TV off. If you have kids, get the kids out the room so you can think. And you can study better when there's nothing around but just you. Study your thoughts. Always study your own thoughts. It's nothing wrong with studying your own thoughts. Remember, 
people who have thoughts, they also make history. That's why you should always study your own thoughts. How are my thoughts? Are my thoughts any good? Are they bad? Are they good? Do they help people? Do they destroy people? What do you want to do? Do you want to help people? You want to destroy people? See, I would suggest this, this holiday season that instead of going out and spending all your money, I was I would suggest that you go out and you buy books and pass them out. I've been suggesting this now for probably the last two or three years. Stop spending a bunch of money on nothing when you can go and spend your money and invest in a child or even a, an adult with some knowledge because you're never too old to learn. Whoever ever said that you're too old to learn, well, they lie to you because you're uh, never too old to learn. But by knowledge, that's exactly what my number one priority will be, books. What type of books? It all depends on the mood at that time, but books are my gifts. I don't give gifts anymore. I give books. My children get books. Even at this day and time, they get books. You're not going to get no gift. It's like you anything that you want, you can buy yourself. Not to deviate from the topic, but books is something that everybody need to do is read. Read, you learn better. Not watching TV, but reading. Back to Revelation. Revelation, it, it gives us a, a pretty much a good insight as to what Jesus really looked like. And how he sounded. And sometimes we have to take that into account. Hair of lamb's wool. It was white. Like lamb's wool. Burnished brass. Was his feet like in the. Uh, the furnace. Like coming out of the furnace. Eyes. Red like fire. We have to take into account all of those things because see for years and years, generation after generation, what have you seen? You've seen somebody who does not even look like a Jesus. You've seen some guy, whether it be a painting or whether it be uh, like a, a photo, even though it couldn't have been a photo, but some people, they, they take photos and they, they whip them up to make them look like people. And then they stick a title on them and says, this is Jesus. And you put it on your walls in your churches. You put it on your walls in your home. You put it on your walls in your businesses. And people don't know because when you are not a religious person or you've only heard of Jesus and you believe that he exists, you're only going with the fact that this is what he must be. A symbol. And. Jesus was good. Always remember this, my brothers and sisters. Jesus was a good, good person. Anything good, anything good now, I want you to hear me now. 
anything good is always labeled white. It's like the white cat. The white cat is beautiful. He's cuddly. The black cat, mean ho. You see a black cat, you get out of its way. You know, you don't want to cross a black cat. See, devil's food cake. It's in your names of your products that you eat. Devil's food cake. Black cake. Or I'm sorry, deep, deep brown cake. <laughs> but you get the picture. Angel food cake is the white cake. The cowboy who wears the white hat, he is the savior, the good guy. The cowboy that wears the black hat, he is the bad guy. See, the myth of black and white. They see when they put black folks on the news, he's the bad guy. And they put a horrible picture. It's, it's like, go back to uh, OJ. Remember after OJ, was, he was placed on Newsweek. And what did Newsweek do? They, I think it was Newsweek. It was Newsweek or the Time magazine. It's one of those magazines where they shaded him a shade darker to make him look even more vicious than what he was. They shaded him darker than his natural color. See, that's the media controlling the narrative. And anytime you let someone control the narrative, you just never know what might happen. It goes back to, you know, to the, the, uh, the black and white. See, we always on a black and white issue. It was never a factor on what Jesus was because Jesus was a good guy. But he just happens to be a person of color. And that's the killer. So anytime there is something that's good of color, it's got to be labeled white. And it's got to be embedded into your mind that this is good and this is bad. Black people are labeled as bad all over the world. But if you look back at all the inventions, black people are behind it. You look at mathematics, black people are behind it. Hidden Figures was a movie. And I think I know a little something about my own history, but this was a movie I didn't know too much about. You know, it, it kind of caught me off guard because even I think I was duped. I didn't know that we had, you know, that our sisters, beautiful black women, were behind the numbers. And when you look at it, a lot of you didn't know either. And the thing about it, mathematics were invented by black people. We were scholars before there were scholars. I always remember that too. We were scholars before there ever were scholars. But they tell you that you're no good. There's no good in black. They say you have, there's a few of them. But that's a lie too. Everything you've ever learned is pretty much a lie when it comes to the history of this world. You said a man named Christopher Columbus discovered America. He discovered America when the Indians were already in America. Black people had already been to America before the Indians. But everything is a lie. Everything has always been a lie. Why? Because you try to keep 
a people from knowing who they really are. And that's black people. And that's what's been going on. And it's still going on. They try to keep you in the dark. But black people need to wake up. Going back to Jesus. Jesus is a historical, and I mean a historical figure. But you're going to always be kept in the dark when you don't read and don't go out there and try to read and don't try to go out there and, you know, and, and, try, and don't go out there and try to investigate who you really are. Learn your history. They done stole your history. You ain't going to know your history because somebody else is trying to steal all your history. Black people been on this earth forever. So how can they not have history? White folks ain't been on this earth that long and they try to act like they got all the history. And it's not a black or white thing. It's just the truth. So my uh, uh, Caucasian brothers and sisters that listen to this and you take offense to it. Well, if you take offense to what I'm saying and it's the truth, then basically that's on you because I don't care because this is just this is just facts. You can read this stuff up for yourself. I'm going to read uh, uh, a brief article and then we're going to wrap this up. This is a brief article. This is from the Huff Post, not the Huffington Post, but the Huff Post. It's uh, a piece. Let me see. Here we go. This piece was done. You can look it up. Huff Post. H-U-F-F-P-O-S-T. You can find it on the internet. Uh, this was Black Voices, December 22nd, 2015. This article was done at 2.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when it was done. That's what uh, I'm looking at. This title is entitled, I'm sorry, this piece is entitled, Jesus wasn't white, and here's why that matters. Historically, white Jesus has been used to oppress and erase the histories of people of color. Now, that's crazy. Now, this piece is by Tyron Finley. Tyron Finley. It's a sister. But just reading that part alone, historically, white Jesus has been used to oppress and erase the histories of people of color. Mm. That gives you a whole lot to think about, don't it? Uh, yeah, it does. See, the images that they portray, it gives you that feeling that, wow, Jesus was a good-looking white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes. But that's not true. And see, that is a globally recognized image of Jesus. But people who really know, they know. You go over on the other side, the Middle East. You go to Europe. They understand. They have pictures 
of what they believe to be Jesus. But in America, he's the white Jesus. I think it's kind of sad, my brothers and my sisters. I really do. Real life. That's what it is. Real life. But every time we get around to it, we get around. See, in this particular uh, article, you would have to, like I say, you, I, I'll put it on the, uh, I'll put it in the, uh, the information part. You can download and look it up for yourself. But the first images of Jesus as an adult date back to the fourth, fourth century, showing him with short hair, a beard, melanin skin. And that's what it's, that's what it shows. A, a, a man, like the book says. But you have to go and check out the picture because it's interesting. This piece is really interesting. So, like I say, I'll put it in the information part. But today was a situation. I just wanted to bring up Jesus and what he looks like. Why they put him out there as a figure that he's not to oppress and to erase history, because also, you know, Jesus was a Jew. Black people were Jews. I always remember that. Black people were Jews. But, <laughs> you know, you you see one thing, you think all Jewish people are white. No, that's not true. So, like, when Sammy David Jew said he was, uh, you know, he was uh, taking up uh, the Jewish religion, it's like, oh, man, you know, really? Back in the day, it was, like, kind of strange, because that's what, because people don't know history, and white folks don't know the history either. Jesus was a Jew. None of that. He was a black Jew. Or he was a, a, a man of color that was a Jew. So always remember, my brothers and sisters, this is the way it is. I'm going to read this last little clip and then I'm going to let you guys go. It wasn't until the Middle Ages when the artists began to, I'm sorry, when the artists began depicting Jesus as white. Because Christians don't like the idea, remember, Christians don't like the idea of a Jesus having a Jewish features. They don't, even though he was Jewish. Ramsey also said that many speculate that biblical passages that refer to lightness symbolizing purity and darkness symbolizing sin and evil played into how people perceived Jesus appearance. You remember that? I said it early, white cake, dark cake. See, people always want to believe that white is pure and black is evil. And that's how they symbolized it. Let's go back and see what Ramsey said. Also said that many speculated that biblical passages that referred to lightness symbolizing purity and darkness symbolizing sin and evil played into how people perceive Jesus' appearance. Remember that. Again, we see this narrative of 
dark-skinned people being bad, thus needing to be tamed or killed in order to confirm to the good or white standard, Ramsey said. She touches on the notions of white supremacy being used in Christianity to colonize and control before and during slavery, slavery, despite white people using Christianity to justify their wrongdoings, black people found their own way of practicing it to seek liberation. That's deep. That's deep. All right, my brothers and sisters. I hope all of you touch upon this. Check it out. Study it. Learn something. Have a great weekend. This is your brother. Saying peace and love. Brother Ren. We signing off on this Friday. We'll see you next week. Peace out.